Greetings and welcome to Stamper Cinema, a film discussion podcast where you choose it, I watch it, and we discuss it. As always, I'm your host. My name is Andrew. Thank you very much for downloading this latest episode. And I'm just not going to lie to you. Like, this is a good one. You picked a really good one to check out today because we've got an actress slash singer slash amazing human being whose works has been on television, uh, film, and probably and most recognizably on Broadway. Because I've got Amanda Jane Cooper who played Glinda. Yeah, like the Glinda from Wicked. Yes, like played Glinda for years, like, and crushed it. And I am so excited to share this conversation. Fun fact, Amanda and I go back several years. We were in college together at uh, Carnegie Mellon, and we'll talk a little, maybe a little bit about that. You'll just have to wait and see. But this episode is really just a, you know, an opportunity to catch up with a, with a, with an old tartan. And I, I, I can't be more pleased with how this turned out. Now, admittedly, this episode was recorded a few months ago prior to this episode being published. And the reason why it's taken so long is there were some weird technical difficulties going on at the time of recording. Now, I've patched, I would say, like 98% of them up. But and I'm very, very pleased, um, mind you, like, I think this episode came out great. But I wanted I wanted to do this episode right. So I just wanted to clean it up more than I normally would clean up any other episode. So there might be a couple things that are a little bit dated. Like my daughter actually makes an appearance on the podcast for the first time. So she's going to have like her her uh, her debut on the show. But there's like reference to like spring break. And of course, at the time of publishing, spring is long gone and summer is ever present right now, like as as uh, this country is melting all over all over America and in many other parts of the world. But that is neither here nor there. You are here to hear an amazing conversation, an amazing conversation you will hear. So let's just dive right on into it. Uh, again, Amanda Jane Cooper, you, you've seen her in Wicked. She, uh, she's been on shows like Glee and Bones and CSI and, and, and several films. I mean, her resume goes on. Ooh, I should mention she did appear in not one, but two pieces that I wrote while I was in college. So I don't know you know, Wicked, or she played a character named Van Tresca in, what was that? It was called Blood and Roses. It was like kind of like this, we had to do something where people were stuck in a room and I created like a like a, a band story, which she has no idea what the hell I'm talking about. If she's even listening to this right now, she she's like, well, I have no, I have no recollection of that. But she had the best lines, that little class project. But, you know, whatever. Anyway, I I digress. Let's just get into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Amanda Jane Cooper. Amanda, well, hello, long time no see. How are you? Hello, my fellow Tartan. Hello, Andrew. What is new? Have you been doing a few things lately? It seems like you might be a little busy. Well, greetings from a podcast studio um, where I actually just um, recorded an episode of my podcast. Um, so this is perfect timing. And yes, greetings from New York City. Um, just living life, doing the thing here. Yeah. How, how do you like New York City? I like it a lot. I, I, you know, I've lived here in two different iterations. The first time was right after I graduated in 2010. I was here for 10 months before heading out on tour with Wicked. And, uh, you know, it was just a different time in my life. And I have to say, coming back in this iteration, which was I moved back in May 2017. So like seven years later, um, 
in a much healthier headspace, a much healthier spiritual space, heart space. And of course, got to move back to do Wicked, which was like dream come true. So um, it's been great. It's so different. You know, I've toured for a few years of my life and then also lived in Los Angeles. So it was hard not to compare like, where's the sky, you know, (laughs) Um, because a lot of my growing up happened in L.A. actually, not here. And so um, I'm I'm still growing up, let's be honest. Okay, Uh, (laughs) but um, yeah, but it's really grown on me. I love it. And you know, I always call my husband like the mayor of New York because he just has such a love for this place. And it's definitely um, it's definitely like seeing the city through his eyes um, and also just discovering the the history and the the food and the streets and the friends like New York is so amazing. I run into people all the time, which didn't happen as much in L.A. So, right. you know, I love it. That's great. Um, If you wouldn't mind, I think for this conversation, you know, and I'm in the intro, I did a little like introduction who you are, you know, kind of little, little, a little background. But what I'm curious about to know is a little bit more of your origin, like, you know, just from like an acting, singing, uh, podcasting background. uh, When did you decide, you know, when did you know you wanted to be a performer? Okay. I was 10 years old. It's That's not when I knew I wanted to do this full time. But 10 years old was when I was like, oh, this exists. And like, oh, I love it. So 10 years old, cut to like 16. I was kind of like real heavy into student council <laughs> in my public high school, but also like real heavy into the theater scene. And I just kind of had this moment of pragmatism where I was like, dang, I don't know, like, am I good enough to do this professionally? But also a moment of like, you know what? I don't want to turn 40 and regret not trying. So I auditioned for a bunch of schools. Carnegie Mellon was my dream school. I had gone there for pre-college and I loved it. I was there for six weeks and just, you know, Gary Klein and Don Wadsworth and Dr. Michael Chemers and, you know, the whole gang and Barbara McKenzie would and um, didn't get in right from pre-college, but, um, but was super blessed to get in, um, you know, after college auditions. And so I, I would say what was also super formative for me was seeing Wicked um, twice, the original cast. So I'm from just outside of Philadelphia, which is very close to New York City. And my high school drama guild group came up and saw Wicked when it first came out. And then um, and my parents took me and my siblings back and to see it again. And I watched Kristen Chenoweth up on that stage as a teenager myself. And I said, oh, my goodness, like, she's amazing. Also, this this is moving me so much. And um, I think I just maybe saw a bit of myself in in Kristen where I was like, oh, oh, maybe I could do this one day. Um, So she I just really thank her for her boldness and her kindness, um, you know, then and now. And um, yeah, that's kind of what kind of got the engine started as it were (laughs) like here even hearing you talk about that just seems so surreal obviously you know like you know she you know she created that character in many ways and now like you've you've had that you had that role for so long and you've made it your own and just when you're talking about like seeing her on the stage now there are like tons of little girls that are seeing you that have seen you on that stage and also being able to you know get that that same type of vibe i mean what does that feel like to you it's, it is pretty surreal. I mean, and she is just every bit as gracious and, you know, bubbly, but real and deep and caring as you, you know, you see her on interviews and different things. And, um, but 
and it's it's been a gift and a surreal gift to get to to meet her a couple times in person. And we, you know, we see each other and there's always so much love there. And she's a real example of using her um where she's been placed like for good, no pun intended, um, but pun intended. And so I just, she's been a real model for that. And I, um, it's very humbling to think, oh my goodness, who's in the audience on any given night? You just never know mm-hmm. who, who is like the future of Broadway, who's, you know, a teenager right now watching your performance. So super humbling and, and really surreal. Um, and, uh, and a big gift. And, you know, especially pre-COVID, getting to meet people at the stage door um, is one of my favorite things because you get to hear people's, you know, where are they on their journey that they're coming to see the show tonight. Um, so it's always a real blessing when somebody's like, oh, I saw you. And like, that's what you were part of, like me wanting to do this. It's super super cool um now obviously you, you've done a ton for the stage and you've also your you know your bio you've done stuff in television you've done film and now you're crushing it in the whole like podcast sphere so what <laughs> type of style do you find yourself more drawn to podcasting obviously but well, other it- than podcasting <laughs> This is a new venture for me, Andrew. I just started doing this in November. Yeah, I have a podcast called A Time to Live with Amanda Jane Cooper. And for like a few years leading up to the start of it, um, I just kind of felt this nudge from the Lord of like, you have these, of just, of just, hey, do it. And then I, it was like confirmed through several people just being like, hey, you know what you'd be good at is podcasting. And so finally I took the dive and it's just been such a, such a cool learning curve and I love it. Um, so this is just, yeah, one of my things that I love to do, but, um, oh my gosh. I mean, my heart definitely beats on stage in a such real way. It's it live. It's organic. It's once in a lifetime. Like every single time you do it is 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 different and it's I just love interacting with an audience and so I really I love the stage but I also have loved my experiences on TV and film um and getting to tell stories in that medium so I don't know I'm just I feel grateful that I feel like my sort of like irons in, in the fire I feel like I've I've gotten to sort of have some experiences in multiple mediums and I just hope to continue You've done a lot, but I, I feel like I'm going to keep going back to Wicked because let, let's be real. It's <laughs> it's just like it's it's part of my French. It's fucking Wicked, you know, and it, it's it's so cool. And it so just became the fourth longest running Broadway show like yesterday. Fourth, you said? Yes, the fourth longest running. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. That's really yeah. cool. So you, you know, you, when you did it, you did like you did the tour and then obviously you did it on Broadway. So when, I mean, actually really the question is, what did the audition process look like for you? Yeah, so initially, so um, you're my fellow Tartan. We both went to Carnegie Mellon. Um, we, as we know, uh, Stephen Schwartz is an alum of our school and he would come back and do master classes. And I had the great privilege, I think it was sophomore or junior year, to sing popular for him. And I was like so nervous because obviously I'd seen the show a couple times and you know he's just a legend and I remember walking up to the piano with my sheet music for popular and uh, I wore a pink dress and I was so nervous and of course he's like the most gracious ever so I sang popular and afterwards he mentioned you know I think I think you might play Glenda one day and I just about passed out uh (laughs) literally it was 
such such a cool moment and um, one that really launched me into starting to audition for the show. So the first time I auditioned for it formally was my senior year. It was April. It was before graduation. Went to New York, did an audition. I'm like, thank you so much. Um, nothing came of that audition right then. But then I went back in uh, October of that year. So this was 2010. And throughout October, November, there were callbacks that kept happening with, you know, an increasing number of people behind the table from the creative team and, and um, you know, all the all the, the producers and, the you know, all the, the powers that be deciding, you know, and um, it's such a gift to get notes every time and, you know, understand the role better. And um, I actually got set up with my voice teacher, Joan Later, thanks to them. Um just helping me with some of the material. And I remember even going to the Gersh for one of these, a music session with Dominic Amendum, who was the music director at the time. And that was surreal. I, you know, I hadn't booked it yet, but I was like at the Gershwin in this rehearsal room with the MD going over the music. And so I just, I'm really grateful for the ways that they believed in me from the start. March of 2011 as Glenda on the first national tour, um, which was such an incredible, you know, pinch me moment and, and such a dream come true, like the first of kind of many with that company um, in different iterations. So that was the initial process. What was like the very first reaction you had? I, I was literally with my sister. I always say, Holly, my sister, I love her so much. Um, she was actually, we were together at a mall shopping when I got word that I got into Carnegie Mellon years before. And then when I got word that I got Glinda, I was with my sister out shopping <laughs> And I was like, that is so cool. Like, that's such a, it was so special that I got to share those two huge moments with her and that I wasn't like alone somewhere in my apartment or, you know, like randomly on the street. It was just so, I think, purposed that it was like with her. So that was really, really special. I think my initial was like shock and then utter gratitude. I mean, I just, I think I may have physically collapsed. Um <laughs> And there were definitely like just freaking out on the inside, you know, overwhelmed, can't believe this is happening. And then the next moment is like, oh, wow, like it's about to be a lot of work. Like, my, oh, my goodness, my life's about to change. Kind of like just surreal moment, which it which it did, you know, in so many big ways. And it's it was an honor to be entrusted with such a mammoth of a role um, at that young age. And then to also... I think you do know a bit of my story. Um, you know, I, I toured for uh, seven or eight months and such a learning curve, such a such a gift. Um, I actually got to perform for <laughs> First Lady Michelle Obama and her daughters at the Kennedy Center in D.C. Uh, just a complete unexpected, you know, just cool, just cool experiences. And obviously that role just stretches every part of you, the comedy, the drama, the vocal aspect of it is, it's a lot. So I had so much to learn and I ended up, you know, finishing my contract there. And, um, I, my dream had come true. I had, I had it all right. Like I, success was sort of God to me in that time of my life. And then, and then I got the thing, um, and sort of just a little backstory too. Uh, I started struggling with an eating disorder in college, actually, that followed me into, you know, my first years as a as a professional in the biz. And um, so that was that was really hard. It was like a big secret that I had, as well as just a bunch of other ways that I was trying to sort of earn my validation externally, whether it was through relationships or substances or who wants me or got 
get this level of status. And so at 22, like I got it. And I thought, oh, okay. Like I got my God, that's going to solve all the other stuff. Like I'm going to be okay on the inside because I have this thing on the outside. And I learned really quickly that that is just not how the human heart works. Um, And so, yeah, I sort of had a double life going. I was like living this fabulous dream, but also like really suffering as well as making other people suffer. Like I was not um, a person of integrity a lot of the time. Um, And so I sort of had this facade, but like the real me was just very insecure and and honestly hurt a lot of people, which I deeply regret. You know, I I did the show. It was, it was a wonderful experience in so many ways. And but then I I said, oh, my gosh, I have to start over. Like I need to move to L.A. and just like start my life over, which is what I did. And um, the first couple of months there were really, really hard because I was sort of in this crazy life and a lot of dark pits, a lot of addictions, a lot of um, destructive patterns. And a couple months in, I just got really exhausted with the life that I was living and was at a party one night, um, actually with a with an alum that we both know. And uh, I, she just felt really safe to me. And I sort of spilled my guts to her and I told her everything that was going on in my life. And she heard the voice of God that night say, don't lose track of this one. And she kind of came into my life as a mentor, like a big sister and just really led me to faith. And it was kind of like, I had like sort of a faith growing up, but not really. And I'd heard of Jesus, but I was like, I don't know. Is that stuff real? Is that just all make-believe? Like, what is this? And it was just undeniable to me that God was pursuing my heart. And I just saw the evidence how he was healing me and just giving me a sense of who I was uh, outside of what the world would say or what humans would say or what this industry would say. Yeah, my life totally, totally changed. And I got baptized in 2013. And um, I'm so grateful to sit here today and say like, I'm totally changed. And I kind of said, oh my gosh, God, like I tried to do my life myself and it turned out pretty bad. (laughs) It turned out like a big train wreck. So can you come in and just be the boss? Okay, that sounds good. (laughs) And uh, so... um, yeah, super grateful. I was in LA for four years and doing the t- TV and film thing, like, um, and we can we can totally talk talk about that too. Um, but yeah, I had the opportunity to come back to Wicked four years later on the tour, national tour. Um, I had to go back for sixteen months, which was like twice the the time the first time around, and got to go back to the Kennedy Center and with my same sweet dresser, and uh, you know, it's some some of the other same cities as well. But it was just a wild, full circle moment. But I got to go back as a person who was like not putting on my entire identity in the job, but just saying like, oh, this is an amazing thing that I get to bring myself to. It's not the thing that defines me solely, which I think made me a better cast member, made me a better friend made me a better actor, honestly, because I was just like more generous and joyful and not um, gripping so tight, Mm. Um, even vocally, you know, like it just was a completely renewed experience. Um, I'm super grateful for that. And then from there, got the word that I'd be making my Broadway debut a couple. uh, Well, I was was like wrapping up on tour. I got the call that the offer for Broadway. So um as I was leaving tour, I knew that I would take a few months off and then move move back here to New York and do the show here, um, which turned into a big blessing of getting to stay for the 15th anniversary and shoot the commercial and meet Kristen and um, 
and so much has unfolded since. But yeah, it's like I can't talk about my journey with the show without just kind of just telling that backstory because so often we see we see the shiny lights, we see the glittery costume, we see the glory sides of it, um, which is all like amazing and truly glorious. Um, but I just to be honest and be real about the real life stuff too, um, just in case it is a help to somebody listening. Um, that like freedom is possible and that your worth and value doesn't come from the yeses and the nos and that's in an industry. Um, but that I believe, I think we all have a kind of a, a void in our soul that only God can fill. And sometimes in life we try to like fill it with all these other things. Um, but that just knowing that I'm like deeply loved and there's a, there's a, there's a purpose for my pain and, um, that I have a helper and a friend <laughs> in God is just like such a gift. So anyway, thank you for letting, thank you for coming to my Ted talk, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was just letting you go. I, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. This is really, really great stuff. I have like real <laughs> softball stuff on here and I'm like, man, it's giving me like good stuff. And I mean, it's all very, very like important <laughs> and people should hear this type of stuff. You know, I mean, these are yeah. these important life lessons. So I, Hope you didn't think that you're like, well, shit, I just have to keep talking. He's not saying anything, uh, but <laughs> it was anything, wonderful. If anything, please stop me because I will just go. So, uh, yeah, but I I do. I just love to uh, share because I know other people's stories of freedom, especially with eating disorders and even just, you know, stories in general. Story is so powerful. And I think that's part of the reason we're just so drawn to it as humans and even creators like you and I, you know, like something about storytelling is so deeply connecting. And um, yeah, anyway, it's a privilege to get to do it professionally, but also like tell stories of real life too. So yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So I think, I think you've covered a great deal on Wicked and <laughs> that, that journey. Um, you know, at, at this core of this podcast, it's a film discussion podcast and it's not every day that we we have a, a working actor on the show. So I'm curious, and I know that the listeners would be curious, what does uh, a working actor like yourself, working performer, what what do you enjoy watching? What are some what are some of the films that you enjoy, whether it's a, one of your favorite films, whether it's, well, actually, you know what? I want to know your favorite film and your favorite guilty pleasure. Mm, okay, the first thing that comes to mind, it's a Cooper favorite, That Thing You Do. A classic. Tom Hanks. Right. Didn't he direct? He directed he did. it. Yeah. Yep. Or he wrote it. He wrote it or directed. But I think he definitely, you know, he directed it. Yeah. Wait, hang on. I'm going to Google this really quick. Yeah. We're um, going to fact check. He may have directed and wrote The Oneaters. The Oneaters. I'm from, you got to be quick with me. I'm from Erie, PA. You know that line? <laughs> oh my gosh. Liv Tyler's line. Shame on me for kissing you with my eyes closed so tight. Heartbreaking. My whole casts like tom everett scott um i mean yes ethan embry steve zahn i i just love that movie oh yeah charlie's throne was in it too i, I, totally I said her name wrong charlie's theron and now i just was looking it up i'm like oh that's right um that thing you do i love this film i love a, i love a music i love a comedy and so we love the combination i love the through i love a through line i love uh, a story of like learning what's important, you know? Um, so that's a big favorite of mine. Um, yeah, I think 
guilty pleasure are you talking about in life or just like a film guilty pleasure like a film guilty pleasure one like for like one that you know it's it it, it, it borders on pretty terrible but you can't help yourself okay so i don't know if this is a guilty pleasure i think it is a factually great show but it's silly that i still sometimes when i need a little like pick me up and Andrew, my husband, who has the same name as you, um, name. will tell you this. And it's a great name. The the greatest name. I love it. Um, it is, you know, sometimes I like to watch an episode of Full House. Old school. Okay. <laughs> sorry about all your fancy film people who are watching this. Um, I'm sorry. I just, it makes me happy. <laughs> and it probably is like a little nostalgic. And I don't watch it all the time. But, you know, sometimes during COVID especially, it'd be like, you know, we need a we need a few episodes of Full House. Andrew, come watch it with me, and he would he would humor me, which is very sweet. Um, but yeah, there's also another show. Um, it's a show called The Chosen, which follows the uh, kind of the story of the disciples of Jesus mm. and all story of Jesus, and it is so good, Andrew. Like it's so good, and it's kind of like an outside of the Hollywood system sort of thing where they raised they crowdfunded to to fund this thing, and it is. I mean, I think they just did like a premiere and um, box offices that like broke big Hollywood film, you know, kind of records. And it's really a moving series. It's a series. It is on season three now. But I I mean, we had a super unconventional honeymoon. I don't know if you know this, but Andrew and I got married uh, at the beginning of COVID and we had to cancel our wedding and instead do a Zoom situation on April 4th, 2020. And so our honeymoon consisted of um, staying in an apartment uh, and <laughs> not traveling anywhere. <laughs> and it was when The Chosen was, it's just really, it's really good. It's a, it's a show that will really fill your cup. Um, so yeah, can't recommend that enough. It's great. I, I've heard a lot about The Chosen. My, I think my mother was the one who told me about it. I haven't seen it yet, but I have to bring up, and if, if I may, this is your interview, but I have to share this story. Um, yes. So regarding Full House, right? The opening credits, they've got like the painted ladies' houses or like the row of homes in San Francisco. So I love San Francisco. One of my favorite places. I grew up like a big like Alfred Hitchcock fan. And like he did like a lot of his movies in San Francisco. And, uh-huh. and my wife also is a big Alfred Hitchcock fan. So when I proposed, I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give us like a surprise trip. I'm just going to wake her up one morning, fly us out to uh, San Francisco. And I'm like, I'm totally going to propose by like the painted oh. ladies' houses, like by the road, like that's where it's gonna happen. It's gonna yeah. happen there. So wake her up like five in the, five in the morning. Say grab your stuff. We're going to San Francisco. Actually, I I don't even I don't think I even told her San Francisco. I said grab your stuff. We're hopping on a plane. Oh, Lo and behold, so we sweet. get to San Francisco. We do this whole tour, and we go. Uh, we find like the painted ladies did not propose, and I'll tell you why. Beautiful. But all the homes were like under like renovation. So there was scaffolding all like in front of the homes. <laughs> that and the other thing they don't tell you, like when you watch that full house opening, it's like a big park. And there, and I love dogs, love dogs. But there was like hundreds of dogs, and there's just like, you know, dogs relieving themselves everywhere. I'm like, this is oh. not a beautiful place. <laughs> this is not a place that you want to ever propose. So there you go. A uh, full house lied to me. So I just, I just, I just got to tell you, just got to put that out there. But uh, no. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. You had to pivot. Good for you though. You figured it 
checked out. You did something else. Yep. Now I I saw something on your website and I just, I, I need to know because it, 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 you just, it references an ear wiggling talent. So what, what is that all about? I mean, we've got, you've got the headphone things on, but what can you just raise your, like, what, what is that? Yes. At the bottom of my resume on my special skills, you'll see it says ear wiggling. And, you know, I've debated leaving that on or taking it off, but it's a fun little piece of trivia that I feel like is a you know, fun conversation starter. But yes, I discovered as a child that I could do this. I can sort of uh, by wiggle. I mean, I can sort of move my ears vertically, uh, both simultaneously and also one at a time. Now, I know this is an audio Thing. I'm going to take my headphones off so I can just show you on the camera. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But what's kind of cool is like I can move my ears, but the rest of my face. You're yeah, you're a witch. I mean, that's uh, that's that's kind of like a bee witch, but instead of like the nose twinkling, like it's it's the ear. So like an old like if TV only... show reference, be, be, uh, be watched. <laughs> oh, the um, the yeah, I remember that show. Um, Yeah, it's kind of funny. I don't know how I learned how to do it. I just did one day and it's a little party trick, you know? Yeah. All right. In our final couple of minutes, I got to know what's next. I mean, what what is on the horizon? I mean, I know that next time that you're like an audition for something, you probably need to go shopping with your sister. I'm just going to put that out there because that seems to be like a good omen, right? I think I need to call my sis. I think I need to be like, let's go. Let's go to the store. <laughs> um, yes, I'm so grateful to be working on this podcast, which is so fun. Um, I have a private online studio with... Um, students that I love, uh, who I get to kind of coach up and just help them in their goals. Um, I get to do concerts across the country and here in New York, which is, which is super fun and yeah, auditioning. And there's a couple of fun things. So I would say the best way to sort of know, uh, the first is I'm going to plug my little newsletter here. If you go to my website, amandajanecooper.com, you can sign up for my newsletter. And those are the folks that know everything first. But then also, you know, I post on Instagram and stuff. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got to a really, really fun um, new musical reading of a of a parenting musical comedy called In the Trenches. And I played the mom, which was uh, a blast and a half. Just so fun. Just really learning so much. I'm learning so much in the season as a person and, um, and in life. And I've got my hands kind of, you know, like open, like just saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow where you lead. And what are the doors that you're going to open for me? So, uh, so we'll see what those are. Yeah. Amanda, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I can't stress enough how fun it was chatting with you. Um, I, I loved, uh, you know, the, the time that like, you know, that I knew you like back in uh, Carnegie and I'm, I'm so happy to see the success that you've had. And I'm I'm so glad that you've you found yourself along this way. And and uh, yeah, you're just an absolute delight. So thank you. Thank you for hopping on. Thank you so much, Andrew. Tarts forever. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And congratulations to you, too. Yeah, I'm going to grab my daughter. Let her say hi to uh, Glenda. Yes, I'll be right back. Okay, perfect. Oh my gosh, Elliot. Oh, hello, Elliot. Say, can you say Hi, hello? Hi, Elliot. Oh, I love seeing your dress. I love it. Is that a frozen dress? Yes. Oh my goodness. Is it Elsa or Anna? Elsa. Let it go. Let it go. Do you she like to sing? It. She yes. loves to sing. Can you sing it for me? No. No, you're going to no. be shy. <laughs> I'll sing it. That's okay. Um, I had such an interview with your daddy. 
say thank you. Say it was nice meeting you. It was nice meeting you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you guys on spring break this week? She just had it last week. She just went back this week. Oh, fun. Did you guys do anything fun for spring break? Uh Uh-huh. We did lots of little activities. Did you play Glinda? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did play Glinda. I played it on Broadway and over 30 cities across the United States. So, and also here in New York. And fun fact, Elliot, if you ever see the commercial, if it ever comes on TV and it's like the commercial for Wicked, that's my face as Glinda. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just, so and now we. on all the Glinda's movies? No, not well, all. <laughs> yes, not all the Glinda's movies. Yeah, the, the Wizard of Oz was a long time ago, so that wasn't me. And the movie of Wicked that's coming up is not me either, but it's Ariana Grande, who I've met a couple of times, and she's very, very nice. So I'm glad that she gets to play it. Say bye-bye. Say thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> We're talking about today. We were just talking. We were talking about acting. I'm going to say goodbye real quick. All right, Amanda. Amanda, thank you. You <laughs> yes, are. Of course. All right. Uh... <laughs> Elliot, so nice to meet you. I hope you have an awesome rest of your night. And I hope you have so much fun. And thanks so much for saying hi to me. Say no problem. No problem. Say bye. <laughs> bye. Okay. Thank you so much. Of course. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. All right. Have a great night. You too. Bye now. Bye. And thanks again to the wonderful, wonderful human being, Amanda Jane Cooper. I absolutely adore her and hopefully enjoyed listening to this episode every bit as much as I enjoyed recording it. But that's all I got for you this week, folks. Definitely take a look at the links because I'll have uh, Amanda's website on there as well as her IMDb page and maybe a couple other little links along the way. And if you are new to the channel, please do me a favor and subscribe. Leave a review, tell your friends, and... We will be back next week with another episode of Stanford Cinema.